This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. We've got a free 31-page PDF. It's a great little study guide, review, whether you're out in practice or whether you're taking board exams or in school and taking pharmacology exams. Uh, go get that absolutely for free. Simply an email uh, will get you access to that, and you can go subscribe uh, at reallifepharmacology.com. And as soon as you do that, uh, you'll get an email with that free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. So uh, no-brainer to go get that for free. And again, do that at reallifepharmacology.com. All right, the drug of the day today is Ticagrelor. Brand name of this medication is Brilinta. And this medication is an antiplatelet agent. And it falls in the category similar to Clopidogrel and Prasugrel, which I have uh, covered on previous podcasts. Uh, so you can go to reallifepharmacology.com and search those if you're, you're looking for more info on those. Um, but this one we're going to st- stick with uh, Ticagrelor. So knowing it's from uh, the class of those other two agents, this is a P2Y12 inhibitor. So mechanistically, how this works, it binds adenosine diphosphate P2Y12 receptor on platelets. And that activity ultimately causes uh, blocking of the function of GP2B slash 3A complex which that complex is necessary basically for platelets to stick together and function appropriately. So you'll often hear that referred to as platelet aggregation. They're starting to to collect uh, together and obviously start the uh, formation uh, of of a clot eventually. Uh, Uses of this medication, uh, acute coronary syndrome, things like STEMI, uh, primary prevention after heart attack, potentially there as well, uh, with uh, aspirin, often called dual antiplatelet therapy. Uh, but there is some caveats to that, and, and I'll talk about that uh, in a little bit here, particularly with aspirin. Uh, dosing, I think, is important. So in in an ACS, in an acute coronary syndrome type situation um, where a patient has uh, just had a STEMI, just had a heart attack, for example, uh, we're going to do a loading dose in that situation if we're using Ticagrelor. And again, there's loading doses uh, for the other agents as well, you know, like uh, Clopidogrel, for example. So the loading dose is 180 milligrams as a one-time dose, obviously, being a loading dose. And then after that, uh, it's 90 milligrams twice daily is kind of the standard maintenance dosing. And in that ACS situation... Uh, that's typically going to be done chronically for 12 months, that 90 milligrams twice daily. Again, we're going to have to assess that patient clinically and make sure you know the dose is okay and they're not bleeding and stuff like that. 
Um, but that's typically the usual course, 90 milligrams twice daily. And then at 12 months, it's typically reassessed. And if patient is very, very high risk for another event, for example, uh, a clinician may decide to continue 90 milligrams twice a day. Um, if that risk is not felt to be as great, um, we might reduce that dose at that 12-month point down to 60 milligrams twice a day. But again, there's going to be that risk-benefit assessment uh, at that time for sure. Uh, warnings. So obviously it makes sense. It's an antiplatelet medication. It's designed to essentially thin the blood. So thinning it too much, we're going to run into the risk for bleed. So that's obviously one of the major adverse effects and probably the primary risk with this agent. Now, there's a really unique boxed warning, and I've definitely seen this come up on pharmacology exams, board exams throughout my career. Um, so ticagrelor, it is recommended to avoid doses of aspirin greater than 100 milligrams per day. So basically, in practice, what you're going to see is ticagrelor used with aspirin, 81 milligrams per day, versus 325 milligrams per day. So again, doses greater, aspirin doses with ticagrelor greater than 100 milligrams per day reduces the effectiveness of ticagrelor. Uh, and I want to emphasize this point because this has come up in practice. Um, I have had numerous patients uh, who take aspirin for analgesic purposes. Not something I generally recommend, but some patients uh, will really like to use aspirin, whether it's you know what they have laying around the house or whatever the case may be. Um, really, really important to ask about aspirin use. Um, it's going to be important with anybody on antiplatelet, anticoagulant, because it's going to increase bleed risk, obviously. Um, but in patients on ticagrelor specifically, uh, we're definitely worried about that reduced effectiveness if somebody's taken, you know, aspirin 325, 650 once or twice a day for analgesic purposes, that's going to cause potentially the same issue um, where it's going to reduce that effectiveness of ticagrelor. So really, really important um, patient education point and a discussion that you need to have with your patients as well there. So adverse drug reactions, kind of following up on that, bleed risk, of course, uh, dyspnea has been reported um, at low percentages. There has been GI upset, things like that. So uh, again, that's it's generally not crazy high um, as far as adverse effects go um, other than uh, that bleed risk, which we're obviously going to monitor in anyone that's taken uh, an antiplatelet agent like this. Uh, and then I did want to mention uh, risk goes up. Uh, for an event, a cardiovascular event like heart attack, if it's abruptly discontinued. So pay attention to patients with a um, poor track record of adherence where you're concerned. You know, maybe they're not getting their medications refilled on a timely basis, or maybe you just know from, you know, patient interviewing and asking them, uh, maybe you know they're notorious for forgetting uh, to take medication. So uh, that risk uh, can be increased, obviously, when we abruptly stop a medication like ticagrelor. So again, very, very important patient education point there. Don't just willy-nilly stop taking this medication because uh, it could result in some uh, significant uh, cardiovascular issues there. 
uh, monitoring parameters, bleed risk, so hematocrit, hemoglobin is probably going to be your primary uh, thing we're going to monitor there. Uh, cost is an issue potentially for some patients with ticagrelor, uh, so that's something to, to pay attention to, making sure they have adequate coverage, uh, making sure they're not, you know, rationing it, like, you know, going back to the skipping doses, things like that, um, making sure that if it is prescribed that there is adequate coverage because it's definitely uh, significantly more expensive than clopidogrel, at least at the, the time of me making this podcast. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material like BCMTMS, BCPS, ambulatory care, psychiatric exam, or the geriatric exam, go check out meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. We've got a growing list of resources there, uh, literally helped uh, thousands of pharmacists pass their board certification exam now. Uh, also, we've got NAPLEX content. If you're a student, um, definitely go check that out. Support the sponsor, including a free uh, brand generic uh, quiz. You can go check that out. Google search that and find that. Uh, and then if you're a other healthcare professional, nurse, med student, PA, nurse practitioner, uh, I've got a great list of resources, Amazon books, Audible books, uh, Perils of Polypharmacy on case studies and drug interactions. Uh, lots of different resources that can be helpful to you, uh, including our recent release on um, nursing pharmacology and a book on that. So uh, go check out all those links, meded101.com slash store, and definitely support our sponsor. All right, wrapping up with drug interaction. So first thing I always think about with ticagrelor and any antiplatelet agent is bleed risk. So if a patient's taking NSAIDs, if they're on an anticoagulant, um, this is going to increase their risk for bleeding. Okay, so it's just something you got to pay attention to, something you got to monitor. And obviously, we're probably going to want to avoid, you know, a drug like NSAID for pain management um, in a patient taking antiplatelet meds because uh, that GI bleed risk is definitely uh, real and potentially an issue there. SIP uh, enzymes. I definitely want to mention this. Um, Ticagrelor is a prodrug similar to clopidogrel. However, ticagrelor uses a different SIP enzyme. So clopidogrel uses CYP2C19. Ticagrelor uses uh, CYP3A4 and CYP3A5 as its primary enzymes that activate the drug. So as you can imagine, you know, especially strong inhibitors, strong inducers of CYP3A4, uh, I think of inhibitors being, you know, something like uh, grapefruit juice, uh, inducers being something like carbamazepine. This could potentially alter um, that enzymatic process and that prodrug activation. So if you know a patient's taking, you know, one of these, it could definitely interfere with that process. And that definitely needs to be um, a risk-benefit discussion with using ticagrelor versus maybe one of the other agents like clopidogrel or prasugrel, okay? So definitely think about that uh, when we're selecting uh, ticagrelor. Uh, morphine interaction does potentially reduce the effectiveness of some of the P2Y12 inhibitors, and I would include ticagrelor on that list. 
Um, so that's something to pay attention to for sure. Uh, and then ticagrelor may increase the concentration of uh, certain statins, and, and maybe some statins more than others. Uh, so simvastatin or torvastatin uh, may be a little more likely to have their concentrations increased by the use of ticagrelor. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you'd do me a big favor, leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. That's greatly appreciated. Obviously, go sign up at reallifepharmacology.com. Get that free top 200 study guides. No-brainer. All it's going to cost you is an email. So um, definitely go take advantage of that. Support our sponsor, meded101.com slash store. Your Amazon purchases and other purchases there uh, go to directly funding this podcast and my time being able to do that. So I greatly appreciate that. If you want to reach out to me, mededucation101 at gmail.com, or you can track me down on LinkedIn, Eric Christensen, PharmD, BCPS, BCGP. With that, I'm going to sign off for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.